Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who think the Flyers defense is doing amazing, just fine. No improvements to be made. No, I I I really don't know what they're gonna do. I, I don't know what they should do with uh Well see, because Foleen fell over like an idiot and it was pretty obvious he fell over i feel like mcdonald's gonna come back in not gonna do any better he's gonna play just as poorly but he's actually gonna fall down like an idiot on purpose yeah and yeah he'll keep making the same mistakes and then he'll never come out of the lineup here's the thing though here's the thing christian Follin, like mike suggested in the broad street hockey slack the other day you can have that cool fred durst sounds and be like keep falling 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 what whereas Andrew McDonald, the work, you know, the best song thing I think of with Andrew McDonald is like, oh, McDonald's like a Michael McDonald or old McDonald, but uh, maybe like a Michael McDonald thing where it's like, I'm Andrew McDonald, running down all the time, starfish style, Michael McDonald, in the park I'm Andrew McDonald, giving up the blue line, <laughs> losing net front battles, turning it over. Andrew McDonald life, living that AMAC life. Yeah, but he's absolutely coming back in. And, uh, oh, he's a hundred percent coming back in. It's uh, it's unfortunately just a fact. It's so it's what it's frustrating. What do you think was worse tonight, uh, Pickard or the defense? Oh, the, the thing too is it's not just the Here's defenseman. The... It's it's overall defense from the defense has been atrocious all season yeah. already it's been absolutely atrocious but Pickard didn't help tonight also had some badass goal well, not badass like cool but like bad it was some badass <laughs> goals, it was some sick you goals know, dude <laughs> the way he's just letting stuff oh, by his block like it's nothing no he, dude that is sick. no he he it's unbelievable pooped the sheets big time tonight here that that's sunny milano goal there's a whole lot of poop out there on the sheets right now let me tell you that sunny milano goal should not go in uh i can't believe that's a real nhl player for the record yeah like sunny milano definitely sounds like a villain from miami vice <laughs> first round pick by the this way this week on first round this pick week on miami vice the guys hunt down sunny milano the biggest drug dealer First round pick in the world on the fourth line for the Blue Jackets. Him and Oliver Borkstrand, who the Blue Jackets picked a couple spots after uh, the Flyers took uh, Tyrell Goldborn. So it was fun. It was fun do watching the, that tonight. It was fun watching hockey. Do the Blue Jackets also have just better overall names than the Flyers? I believe so. Oliver Borkstrand is pretty great. Winberg. Uh, yeah, yeah. Winberg. Marcus Nidavara. Marcus Nidavara. I think I think it's Marcus, and then uh, 
I mean, if you just pronounce, I think they have Marcus Hanakainen too. They have some. They have some fucking. The, the Blue Jackets Marcus do have some Marcus Hanakainen. Uh, yeah, Hanakainen. Yeah. Hanakainen. And then they have uh, Corpusalo. Holy shit! They really do have the best oh, names in the league. Sergey Bobrovsky. Sergey Bobrovsky, who had a Bobrovsky's amazing. Bobrovsky. He had a he had a a, a pretty bad goal tonight. Just one, but it was pretty bad. The Couturier goal. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's easily my highlight of the night. That was back when hockey was fun. Bob letting in just an atrocity. Yeah, that was back when hockey was a good time when it was it was only two to one. I remember when hockey was a good time <laughs> when the Flyers had a two to one lead on the Columbus Blue Jackets. A couple years ago. The year was two thousand nine. The year was two thousand nine and Paul Holmgren was the general manager. And let me tell you, this guy would come in, Paul Holmgren. And he'd just make the craziest dang deals I ever did see. <laughs> so let's talk. Here's Here are the two stats I'm looking at before uh, tonight's game. This is before, like, going into tonight's action. 868 overall save percentage. 30th in the league. Oh, baby. That's in all situations. And also 3.4 expected goals against per 60, which is 31st in the league. The only other team... So 3.4, the only other team that has over three goal, expected goals against per 60 was Washington with 3.08. And they are still probably drunk from the summer. And the Flyers are still playing worse defense than them. Listen, as somebody who tried to record a drunk podcast last night <laughs> and, and did not succeed, I can tell you that's an incredibly difficult task. <laughs> you tried to damn this, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I did. I... <laughs> I set up GarageBand. I got in the chair. I had the mic all set up. I had the sound siphon all set up. I had Skype set up. I pulled up the sheet. I was most of the way there, except words not so good out of mouth last night. I do want to say thank you, Stephen, because now we're in a lot better mood after watching that beautiful, elegant 60 minutes of hockey displayed by the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. So we're up just, ah. I'm in a chipper mood. I'm ready to talk about hockey. Love sports. Love my life. Love the direction of both things going forward. And uh, I'm not going to lie. Let's talk about stick and puck, buddy. That's all we got to do. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of almost enjoy in kind of a, a, a sick masochistic way. Uh, Enjoy talking more about the Flyers after an ugly loss. That makes like one of us to the Columbus because... Blue Jackets tonight. <laughs> well, that makes one of the two podcasts uh, a fan of tonight's result. Because I'll tell you what, I like talking about. Oh, I'm I... not a fan <laughs> of tonight's result, but it makes me a little chippier. About yeah, the team, sometimes I can be one of the more passive Flyers fans, a little more forgiving than most. So seeing a shit show like tonight, yeah. where they absolutely should not have lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets team that they did really pisses me off. And, you know, uh, I'm often very forgiving of Dave Haxel, although increasingly less like if they got rid of him tomorrow, I would shed no tears and uh, be very happy. But, you know, if you asked me this a year ago, I'd be like, give the guy a chance. You know, he's still uh, young in his contract, all this shit. Whatever. I will say, uh, not to okay. We should talk about uh, we should talk about Haxall right here for a little bit because there was the uh, not great. There was a that video that came out, but also the oh Zuda, I like to think of as a, a Flyers propaganda. It is pretty much. much a Flyers propaganda. <laughs> I wasn't okay. So the Florida game though, 
Let's talk about the Florida game. The Florida game. He, so the Flyers, great offensive results, but my God, they should have locked that de- They should have locked that game down. They should have crushed. That should have been a five to two, six to two final. And there's no reason for that game to end up in a shootout. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about Haxtell. Uh He, he did all the coaching things we wanted to do, but he just did them in the most disjointed fashion. I think I've ever seen it. Like he pulled the goalie when the Flyers were still winning in the third. Uh, he, that oh my god! He called a timeout. Oh my god! Like after they tied Elliot it up. wasn't good. Yeah, Elliot was not good last night. But that drove me insane because yeah. you're up in the game and you pull the goalie while you're up, and you bring in this guy who well, number one is not very good, and number two is rusty off the bench. Yeah, in the third period of a one goal game. What are you even doing? Well, like, and the like the two goals, the one that he pulled Elliot after wasn't even really. I mean, that was more uh, Gus Spear and Proveroff's fault. And then uh, he should have pulled him after the one that bounced off the end boards, and Brian Elliott apparently just wasn't paying attention. Where it just bounced off the end boards, he could have easily just poke checked or covered it, and he just let it roll into the slot. And then I think, uh, I think Vitrano slammed it home. I don't even know. But it, yeah, it, and he also switched up it the line. He he put Raffle on the third line with Lawton and Simmons. Like he did all the things that we want him to do to try and switch up momentum. But it just I don't, I don't know. And they, none of it none of it happened tonight. He should have pulled should have pulled Pickard at some point tonight because it was not Pickard had so many fucking terrible plays. Every single one of the goals, I I think you could pin on Pickard except for the uh. Atkinson's first, whereas a cross ice pass, he was in the crease. Jake Forcheck decided not to back check, but Picker could have easily had the other five, I think. But like, no question. And he also had the second period decided to mosey on out towards the middle of the circle and try and pass it to a flyer. Decided to pass it in between two blue jackets and almost got scored on. Then in the third period, when they were on a power play in a one goal game, he almost turned it over again. And it definitely would have been a goal because he was even a further out of the crease and the blue jack was close to the net. So he, he had a banner night. I, Oh, just an amazing night. I, yeah. And I don't know how you make me want to watch Michael Neuvert play hockey, but you've, I, I literally cannot yeah. wait for Neuvert <laughs> after the goaltending. And I know he's going to get hurt within 10 minutes of hitting that ice, but a nice job with the new trainer, by the way, Michael. It's working out great. I like it. It's working out amazing. I, I wonder if Hextall just picked up Pickard and they're like, well, these assholes don't want to watch Neuvirth, huh? I'll, we'll, we'll see how much they don't want to watch Neuvirth. They put Pickard in there and just farts everywhere on the ice. What's in the worst goals? I mean, <sighs> Elliot's had some decent games this year, but he's definitely looked bad in the last couple ones. Pickard looks like this now, and the team... I don't know what's happened to the team's defense. And they're, they're talking about this in the Slack today, too. But the transitional play is insane. Like, how bad they look. I feel, and I feel like tonight Columbus knew that was the game plan. Whenever they got the puck, uh, the forward on the far side of the ice just started bolting out of the zone. And they would instantly get three on twos the entire night. And the Panthers did it. And Vegas didn't do it. But the Sharks, the, the entire Sharks game was nothing but odd man rushes. Teams. Uh, they see something. Yeah, they, they see, see something a in the tape, and they, they just, are exploited. Yeah, and they just pounce on it. I, 
And I don't know if it's guys just coming, not getting back. I don't know if it's guys putting themselves out of position and too many guys getting below the puck when a, a shot's taken the offensive zone. I don't know what it is, but it's been going on for way. It, we're seven games in and it's going on for too long. And they, I, for as disjointed as this team has looked, I, I we've seen other Flyers get coaches a lot. Uh, Flyers coaches get fired a lot quicker than this early in the season. I I don't know. He this team just looks all over the place, and I know there's injuries up front, but there's really no there's no excuse for the entire team not to play defense or for the goaltending to look look this bad. I I don't. Do we know what's up with Provorov? What's the deal with Provorov? I have no idea what's up with Provorov, but man, it's upsetting because he, we know he's better than this. Yeah. I, do you think it's an injury? Like, there's, I, he might have. I honestly hope it's an injury. Yeah. Because... I don't think it's, I hope it's not confidence based because if, the, if this is him lacking confidence and he's just unsure of himself every single play, then there's. It's going to be big issues down the line, but I, I don't think that's it's essentially that. the hockey yips. If that's, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it's impacting him on every play. He started off the game with a pretty bad turnover. He had the, he had the, he was a part of a, a few of the turnovers the Flyers had on Saturday when they played probably their cleanest defensive game all season. He had a couple bad turnovers against the Panthers and it's not, they're not like he just keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. It just looks like he's never, he looks like that Chicago Blackhawks game is rookie season just every night now. I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. And Ghost hasn't looked uh, exactly uh, stellar either. He's made a couple bad decisions, and he yeah. go bad. I mean, he at least looks confident when he does have the yeah, puck. Yeah, he looks great at the puck and on the stick, yeah. It, it, yeah, when he has the puck on the stick, he looks very good. But uh, at least he's got that going for him. Like, who would you even say – if you're looking at the somewhat optimistic viewpoint, who would you even say is the Flyers' best defenseman to this point this season? So far, well, I mean, I I want to say it's been Sanheim. Uh, it's I I may have said Hag before tonight, but Hag had some some pretty iffy plays tonight. A couple spicy plays tonight. He that Duclair goal. Look, it was a great play. It, it was a lot of fun to watch. I'm like this Cardinals Broncos game I'm watching for some reason. Oh my bloodbath. Absolute blood. The, uh, the Cardinals would be very bad on Thursday yeah. night football. Who would have thought? Uh, but I he that uh the declare goal he fell over by himself and then he got up and Hag and Foley just were decided to let him get a shot off. Also another save that uh Picker could have had. And then on the second Atkinson goal, he got burned to the outside and I there are two different both those times Hag just needed to body up on the guy because he's bigger than both those players if he had just i don't know the when duclair's on the ice and he has the puck he's on one knee and he's trying to get back up just uh push him in the back like he was right there just push him in the back you don't need to try and poke just, back. just shove him in the back yeah. it's, the, it's not that difficult guys the other one where atkinson being to the outside i think he could have checked him late to prevent the chance but i he just didn't He's looked uh, pretty decent outside of that. Foley's had one good game in the three games he's been in, uh, and it was against the Panthers. And he looked, I mean, he looked. Who aren't good. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I wrote down, he had like a 95.65 expected goals for percentage, which is ridiculous for one game. He also had that ridiculous aerial assist to 
pass it to Lawton in the air over three lines, and then he set up Simmons for a second goal of the night. So he he had a pretty good night, but tonight Foley did not have a good night. That oh my god, that fifth goal he just fell over for no reason at all. And I, I mean, you, you can blame. It's a great defense. Uh, yeah, like the, there's blame to go on the coach because I, I guess he isn't changing anything. But at the same time, a lot of these players just don't even look like half the players they were last year. I like the, well, I don't know. So I wonder if the argument there is coaching. They uh, well making sure that the players are ready for the season. Yeah. Making, like, yeah. I mean, that, that has to come down on the coach at some point, right? Like making yeah. sure your guys are prepared both mentally and physically for the game. And I, I will say if they're not responding, if they're not showing yeah. up, like they need to be, the coach needs to do something about that. And I, I don't know, man. I, I, again, I have defended hack before saying that a lot of the stuff he does is not a lot different from the NHL, but when you ultimately know it's time to move on from a coach is when that guy loses the locker room and you got to wonder is hack in danger of losing this locker room or has he lost it already? Because in, you know, the past season, Drew's come out and said like, I love playing for hack, like stuff like that. And when Baruby was done was when the guys were basically saying like, we got to get this guy the hell out of here. Yeah. And I think, like the, the the areas are struggling and it it doesn't feel we know they're better players than this and you know they're not all the whole entire rosters and superstars but they're not as poor as they're playing and it looks like some specifically of, Provorov no, like what absolutely. is up with Provorov yeah I we 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 have to get something on Provorov soon because it's not like there's he could be playing there's him playing bad and then there's him playing like this and it just looks like I. You know, it's not the shoulder injury. I mean, he's had plenty of time to recover from that, but maybe there's something else going on there. Maybe there's like a personal issue that we don't know about. I don't know. He just, I don't think he would be playing this bad without any reasoning. Or if he is, that's, that is an insane drop off in one season for a younger player. I, I, I can't remember the last time because it's gone from him being maybe one of the more underrated young defensemen in the league to, this guy is hurting the team every single shift he's taking on the ice. And I think that's a big part. The, the ghost Proveroff pairing is supposed to be the one thing we can rely on. And it's been, it's been on the ice for a lot of goals against, and it's giving up a lot of chances and the transition play. Maybe they're producing more offensively this year. They have scored a lot of goals and it's, it doesn't seem to all be, shooting from the point and hoping for rebounds or re- redirections, which has been a Hackstall staple. It, it seems to be more, uh, a, a few more rush chances and also just getting to getting to the slot and, and scoring closer to the net. But the, the tr- transition defense and just the overall care with the puck in the defensive zone is, is boring on insanity. Like it just doesn't make, it's incomprehensible. None of it makes sense. And it looks worse every yeah, game. Was- every game, the defense on this team becomes more and more of just a trash fire. And it's yeah. it's upsetting. Yeah, and I, I really don't – it's bad. There's no other way to put it. I mean, I I said a couple of numbers here, but they all – all the pairs have looked pretty bad at certain points of this season. They've all cost the Flyers games so far this season. We're only seven games in. It It's sad that tonight's game, 
the game that just happened in Columbus is not their worst game of the season so far. It is sad. I can't believe they've won <laughs> three of seven with the way they've been playing defense. They've given up four goals or more in five of the games. And we haven't even talked about the Vegas game that also happened yeah. since we, we last spoke. And that's a game that they tightened up on, but too much. And yeah, and kind of took away offensive chances from themselves and then combined that with Flurry making a couple unreal saves. And uh, and we got to give Flurry some props. That save at the end against Claude Giroux was unbelievable. Yeah, that save, I uh, saved, and he also saved Lawton and Giroux on breakaways in like a two-minute span. He had a pretty good save on wheel early on. Uh, he he definitely played a big... I mean, he definitely stole a game for the, the Knights, but you can't really be happy with a game where they didn't score a single goal. And it wasn't it wasn't something like they spent the entire game in the Knights' offensive zone or defensive zone. I, in the third period, besides that Giroux chance, when it was uh, the goalie was pulled in the final minute of desperation, there really wasn't that much uh, offensive pressure. It's and that's them tightening it down or tightening up, and it, it worked in terms of defense. But then all the, the offense just kind of dried up. I, I, it's kind of and the, the thing about the team is they've they've had injuries, but they're offensive injuries. So what's their excuse on defense? There is no yeah. excuse unless a couple guys are injured and playing through injuries, and specifically. You're, you're thinking it has to be Provorov, if it's anybody, because McDonald was playing through an inj- injury, and he sat for a couple games now. Yeah. But, uh, again, also, one of those games is still like, did he sit for a performance? Or, well, well or I, childbirth? I think... Uh, it might have been a little from column A, a little from column B. I think it was because of performance. I mean, I don't think he... Because he was also out tonight. If it was just one night, I think... Although, if he goes in, if he plays on Saturday against the Devils, then we have to kind of have to question it because Hacksaw does usually not change the lineup after a win. Uh, and he would be doing it after just two games here. But who knows? With yeah. I, who knows? I, I'm just at the point with Hack where I just, if a coach is making bad decisions, but they're consistent, like there's a there's a thought process behind them. I get it. But when a coach is making bad decisions and there's not really a consistency to them, a rhyme or reason, that's when you worry. Yeah. I mean, obviously you worry if he's making consistently bad decisions, <laughs> but it's more worrisome. I think if he's making this kind of wild card decisions, because yeah. that indicates that this coach has no idea what he's doing yeah each time there's a new way to analyze or decipher a situation it seems like he makes the wrong decision then it's then it's time to really be concerned about it you know coaches can have their horrible habits but each time there are even mike babcock one of the most respected coaches in the game has some horrible habits uh but he it's something i i wonder there's the this is not going to be a positive podcast, by the way. I'm throwing this out there because I want to see how you feel about it. And we're one of the more positive. <laughs> we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. It, which, I mean, you know, if you ever go on Flyers Twitter, it's not that it's not that hard to say that. But do you think, because in the past we've complained about Hacksaw not opening up offensively and just kind of relying on point shots and then trapping in front and kind of more of the blue-collar, greasier goals. Do you think it 
if they keep playing this way, it'll correct itself eventually if the play of Provorov and Ghost pick up and JVR and Patrick come back? Or do you think this is just... the Everybody is playing horrible. And again, it's not just the defense. The, the forwards are... I mean, Voracek, that was horrible back-checking on that second goal. And if there's consistently rush chances against, that means a bunch of people aren't back-checking. And it's a thing where... Yeah. Three on twos can develop, and eventually a forward or if a def- defenseman was pulled up in the play, eventually will come back and cancel it out by the time they're in, at the blue line or the top of the circles. But these are full length of the ice opportunities here, and it seems they seem to be happening every other uh, change of the puck. Well, what that sounds like to me is that teams have noticed a flaw in the system yeah. and they're exploiting it. So. Yeah, you can change the personnel. Guys can step up and play better. And sure, that'll probably help the team to a certain extent. But ultimately, the coach has to adjust. But what I'm saying, okay, so what I'm saying, though, is the I think the, the offense has been doing, they've scored plenty of goals. They've scored plenty and of they've goals. And like, they, they've been getting to the areas we want them to actually start scoring from, too. Yeah. The, the offense isn't the issue. It's... I don't know if it's the personnel, but there's definitely something in the scheme, right? Yeah. Like the, the personnel isn't executing, but the scheme is also flawed is what I'm saying. Yeah. The, if teams are consistently, we're seeing the same things consistently, these odd man rushes, there is a flaw in this scheme that other coaches are noticing and they're taking advantage of. I mean, we were talking about this in the slack earlier, Baruby versus Haxtell, right? Yeah. Um, what was what's hack better at than Baruby? I do honestly think Hackstall's a better coach than Baruby, but the thing is, both of them had successful first years, right? And then it's kind of been up and down for Hack ever since. Disaster for Baruby after that. And the thing is, your first year, you surprise people. You come in, you've got new tactics, you've got a new way of doing things, you catch people by surprise. After that, that's when the real challenge begins. I mean, we even saw that with Chip Kelly and the Eagles, right? Chip Kelly comes in. People are just blown away. Wow. This guy doesn't. This guy. I'm John Gruden. This guy. This guy does not want to hold on to the ball. He doesn't want to run at all. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this guy. And then he just keeps coming up. Okay, great. Blows people away. Second year does not impress people. Chip Kelly struggles and does not get better. Kind of, I think he had the same amount of wins his second year. But the thing is, with all the video footage out there, there's no way that if you don't adapt, if you don't change, that you're going to last. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think the argument with Bruby and Haxall comes down to Bruby was only given one full year after he was he came in for Laviolette, and that roster was pretty bad. I mean, it was a full season of Emery and Zepp in that. Um, I'm, maybe I'm – oh, and Mason. And Mason, but Mason was hurt a decent amount. Their defense was what? Grossman, Shen, Nick Schultz, Michael Delzato, uh, Coburn for half a season. Like, it was a pretty bad defense. And then the forwards, I mean, Raffle was getting first-line minutes. Like he and it wasn't like a he needed to be on the first line. Like that team was just not good overall. Anyway, you you cut it up, and uh, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if Brewery would do any better with this team, but I feel like this team has a lot a lot more options both on offense and defense. Goal right. goaltending didn't, didn't the team turn on Baruby by the end of the season? Baruby definitely fucked up in areas. Like I mean he did stupid. I mean the team here's the thing with coaching. You've got two things you have to do. It's tactical decisions, but it's also inspiring your players and managing your personnel. And Baruby was a a failure from what I remember at the managing the personnel aspect of it. Yeah. Well um, he did stupid shit. Hackstall, you know, most of his personnel likes him. Even the the rookies, the the youngsters that he's he's benched and been a little harsh on, uh, eventually seem to to take a liking to him. But with you know the veterans seem to like him. But his tactics are flawed. His lineup changes are puzzling. And yeah, it is it is a better roster. But um, I don't know. I I just feel like the league knows what Hackstall's doing and. He needs to figure out a way to change it up. I don't know how you well, do see, that. Well, see, I I think it's the other, I think it's he's changing it up, and he's they have to try and patch the work because the entire the entire time he's been here, it's been they we wanted him to open up the play more, and it's been okay. So you think he's opening it up, and it's just and... backfiring immensely right now. That's why I was wondering if it's not in any way optimistic. Almost like more of the Laviolette issue where things were very open under Laviolette. And that's they gotta, like the defense sometimes could be a tire fire. Yeah. And they got to, I use a lot of fire metaphors. So <laughs> they, I, they have to figure out. I'm going to find another one, one of these days, but it's just so apt. They got to figure out a, a way to kind of limit those chances. And I was wondering, that's what I was saying. If pro, well, I mean, I think that's where the adaptation comes down to. Though. If pro Ralph and ghost actually play better, do you think that's actually going to limit these chances? Cause they, I, I don't know, man, because it's just, I mean, they've been on the ice for a lot the of the chances. Are, they have. But a lot of the goals have been scored with other personnel on the ice. As well. I, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's been a lot of goals scored overall. Um, I, I, I mean, it's the. I, I think they're trying. Why don't to you play... look up the plus minus, Craig? Let's look up the plus oh, minus, and we'll, we'll let the numbers do the. Talking. I think they're Thank trying to play. So hang up and listen. I think they're trying to play the style of, like a Leafs or a Penguins team, but they don't have nearly as much offensive firepower to do that. And when you get in these games, and I mean. They also just can't get the puck out of the zone, which the Penguins are very good at. And if the Leafs are going to be successful this year, they're probably going to be capable of doing that too. And with guys like Riley and, and Gardner, I think they'll be able to. Although Zlatan might hurt that, but the, the Penguins in the past, when they they won it all, they were able to just trade. And the Penguins' defensive personnel is not impressive. It has not been impressive for a no. few years. No, although they did shut out the Leafs tonight, I believe, which is kind of insane. That Jack Johnson power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> second line. It's Alexi Jack, right? On the second second line. Alexi Jack. Th- uh, Alexa Jack. Alexa Jack. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it is. I believe so. Yeah. Combined powers of Alexi Jack and Jack Johnson. I mean, they kind Alexa of Jack. They kind of had the same in the format in the way that Doomlin and Latang are their really only good pairing, and then the, the other four are kind of a complete mess. And uh, that's what their their bottom two pairs are because i believe it's alexiak and jack johnson and then ali amada and i am planking on who the sixth defense would be justin schultz is out yes for a while, oh, while. Right? yeah he broke the lower part of his leg i think is what they're saying fractured Ooh. not laughing at the injury i'm laughing at the way they described it i put it down in the notes let me see if i can find it real quick lower leg fracture 
I, I, I don't know why we need to know is a lower leg fracture. Like you could just have leg fracture and we wouldn't have. Well, they normally just go with lower body injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's usually lower body injury or just a leg fracture. Like, like nobody knows why Nolan Patrick's been out because we've only been told it's an upper body. Injury. Yeah, I just like like lower. They're like, oh well, which part of the leg fracture? Because you can play through a high leg fracture. You know, if you just if you just skate at the right angle, you can just play with a broken leg. I've I've got a high <laughs> leg fracture right now. It barely hurts. Yeah, it's nothing. You can just play through it. Uh, lower leg though, you know, it's no good. But I so and also going back to the hacksaw idea, I'm giving him too much credit here. Like I could be giving him. You're giving absolutely him absolutely way I'm too much credit. I'm actually shocked. You're giving him a ton. Of well, credit I'm saying if they're trying normally, to switch it up because they are getting, they are scoring in a different manner this year, and they are scoring this year. Uh, so I I. I I do think we've had an interesting discussion here because I do think he needs to switch it up, but you're saying he has switched it up. It's not working. So. Well, yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah. He, I mean, they obviously, whatever the hell is happening in terms but of, I, I guess the question is, do you think it's you, you're just questioning if it's not working due to lack of execution on the more talented guys parts or what? I mean, at the end of the day, you need to have ghost and Provorov out there because the other pairings are so lacking. I mean, um, and it's funny that you said that Sanheim's been the best one so far I, because I I feel like well no no I, I like Sanheim a lot yeah but for some reason and this comes from more of the the eye test people I know they're just like oh Sanheim's been terrible I looked pretty good tonight at least maybe maybe it's well, somebody bias. somebody did that was nice somebody did yeah <laughs> looked good tonight I'm trying to think of the other games now uh, but he. I mean, well, and and Charlie said that that Sanheim's been pretty good so far. Yeah, too. he's had um, he's definitely had his moments where, I, like, I can understand why I test people don't like him because he'll he'll have those occasional plays where, like, he'll just blindly throw a pass through the defensive slot or he tries to do well, it too much in the neutral zone with the puck or something. But for the when you're an eye test person, you really just seem to notice the the glaring mistakes yeah. more than anything. Yeah, and I mean, uh, they had uh, Gudis and Sanheim are pretty good game numbers wise and i think they i mean sanham looked great tonight uh i think and gudis has been one of the better flyers to yeah gudis has been season. a gudis and hag have been pleasant surprises but i think sanheim is but then you've got your your mcdonald your Fullen, not so good uh obviously not so good yeah. uh downright awful andrew mcdonald even worse than usual worse the than usual, yeah yeah uh and ghost disappointing but he's moving the puck well uh, and Provorov just we'll never know what is going on with Provorov. Yeah, it's just he didn't haul enough logs through the Russian mountains this year, <laughs> this offseason. He did, yeah, he didn't do something, and it's uh, it's, it's, it's a little concerning, but it is they, not to use this excuse for the entire team because it's getting old, but it is early in the season for Provorov. I expect Provorov and Ghost to turn around. I don't know when. I don't know what it'll take for them to do it. I don't know if it's going to be a random game, but I, I, I think their issues so far are just I, they, they seem very correctable to me. Uh, the rest of the team. Uh, now, if the coach could go out there and get these mistakes corrected, that yeah, nice. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I really don't get what the where the transition issues come from because it wasn't like last year there were games that just got. At least I can't remember, recall any off the top of my head where there were just games where it was every other shift was a an odd man rush down the ice for the other team. But I feel like these 
the Sharks game definitely was, the Panthers game, and this game were just, and, and not even an, an over-exaggeration, just at least every other shift. Every other shift, every third shift, there was a two-on-one, there was a three-on-two. Some way, numbers were working back for the Blue Jackets. And more times than not, it was deep in the zone. It wasn't just like one bad defensive turnover in the neutral zone and they got caught in the line change or something. It, it feels like just guys aren't skating back. And I don't know. Again, I don't know if that has to deal with offensive scheme, like offensive zone scheme or just guys not know where to go back. I, I don't I don't know what it is. I'm, confu- I, I'm confused and I'm upset that this team was just hemorrhaging chances against is what it comes down to. I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, just let me not know. I have no explanation for what is going on. I mean, going into the season, we knew the goaltending was going to be a mess. And we were hoping that Sanheim could salvage whatever was on the second pairing. And so far, I, I want to say Sanheim has done his part. Sanheim and Goose have done their parts. And uh, I've liked what I've seen out of Sanheim, yeah. especially offensively. He's been very good at getting a lot of the Flyers' successful offensive plays going, yeah, which has been very encouraging. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to... So let's kind of shift. Let's shift the gears here to the 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 slight positive note. Uh, you you wanted to state that one of the few highlights of this uh, this terrible Columbus game was the play of the second line that has been assigned. Yeah, I, I thought Limblom, Wheel, and Konechny had a very good game. Konechny finally scored a goal after he Voracek and Mika Zibanejad entered the night, uh, leading the league with three. Three shots hitting the post. Uh, Connect me finally got a redirection on a Hag shot. Hag, thank God. Yeah, Hag now has now has uh, five points. I think he had nine all last season. Yeah, he's also shooting the puck. Surprisingly decent offensively this year. He's been involved in a few goals. He's been he's looked solid. I you know we trashed Hag a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, he's answered the call. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we you know we placed him as a seventh defenseman and. I mean, right now, I'm definitely taking him over Foley and McDonald, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, he keeps. I mean, if he can get that kind of, if he gets a, a third pair defenseman chipping at points like this, if Foley or McDonald ever kind of, I mean, you'd hope they play better, but if they were kind of like stabilize their yeah. play. That then maybe the bottom pairing isn't as terrible as we think. Right now, it's pretty terrible, but uh, yeah, the the second line did pretty well tonight. Uh, Wheel, I think, has looked pretty good a feeling in for Patrick. I mean, obviously you want Patrick playing there, but wheel stepping up has been fine. Limblom had a pretty good game tonight. Uh, he had pretty, a uh, pretty sassy goal. I mean, a pretty sneaky goal in the third period. Ooh, yeah. Sassy Very goal. sassy goal. He was, uh, forced Warinsky into a turnover and then snuck it off of, uh, the back of, uh, Borowski's pad when he didn't know which side of the note he was on. I liked it. Uh, Limblom, I mean, Limblom plays quiet games, but he'll, he'll come up with those, those plays that catch your eye and uh yeah and honestly i'm i'm fine with the guy who plays a, a quiet yeah. game it passes the eye test because he's not uh, <laughs> making those big mistakes it is honestly though you do need that consistent guy in the lineup who's there making solid choices being that glue guy you know yeah and, and connect being me. that glue guy giving 110 <laughs> percent connect me connect me coming into the night he had 18 shot attempts uh nine shots on goal yeah, three hit the post, like I said, and then three blocks and three misses. And he was getting chances. He had 
plenty of chances oh, in that uh, in that Panthers game too. And he's looked, yeah, he looks fine. It, it doesn't look like he he had a puck bounce over his stick on a two on one in the Panthers game, and that was the only time I guess he really looked snake bitten. It was just the rest of them; he just couldn't catch a break. And now he got that nice play to open the scoring tonight. And that was another thing we could talk about too, because it kind of got I wrote about it, but I think it got a little blown out of proportion, I guess. I don't know if I added to that, but the scoring first. But the second line is a positive. So far this season, uh, Wayne Simmons has looked pretty good. Uh, Looks like old Wayne again. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's five goals now. Uh, he, he had a great goal in that Florida game. Yeah. yeah. He, One where he went into the crease and uh, laid that backhand on. Yeah. Yeah, and he had a pretty good – I mean, it was a pretty good redirection too Yeah, uh, for the, uh, the other goal. And – it's he. I mean, I know he had a he had a hat trick in that first game last year, and he had a a decent start last year. But if he's able to pitch in on the third line and be able to be that guy on the power play again, I think that goes a long way in terms of the offense. And uh, yeah, getting getting into the uh, the Wayne Simmons areas too. I think four of the goals he scored have pretty much been in the crease or like a foot outside the crease. And I think the furthest goal he scored from the net was that redirection he had where he was at the bottom of the circles so he he's going to the Wayne Simmons spot just going right right into the blue paint just dunking pucks on uh we've talked about how how well Hag's playing and then uh Voracek and Giroux had a slow start to the season it looked pretty good against the looked pretty good against the Panthers they didn't look stellar tonight exactly but uh, Panthers game looked really good. Drew had a monster game against the Panthers. Uh, I think he had, I know, I'll put it down somewhere. Find it real quick. But he, like in the third period, that was another thing that I thought Hacksaw actually did right again in the Panthers game was he kept going to that top line. That top, that top line was killing it. And he actually kept going to that when he would usually try and, I don't know, like try and put the fourth line out there for no reason. And it just didn't make. Uh, Drew two goals on eight shots. First line's killing it. Let's it's it's Gerald time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, sorry, not sorry. It's Gerald time. Percolating. That uh, Drew was percolating last night on uh on or against the Panthers uh, offensively. He, he he sent the the Panthers to the United Hate of America. <laughs> there we go. Okay, we're done with that. But well, Drew, uh, Drew, Drew. Sh- shout out, Crut. Uh, Drew had two goals on eight shots. And can we just quickly mention the one goal was just a. A great gift from Aaron Eckblad. That was very considerate oh my God. of him yeah, to was, give Claude Giroux that gift. That was a very terrible. Uh, speaking of, yeah, that goal. One of the worst turnovers I've ever very seen. Very bad. That goal, and also the, you know, we're talking about Ghost and Perbrow struggling, but holy shit, that Ghost uh, assist on the Simmons goal, the backhander, is maybe one of the best Ghost plays I think he's had in the NHL. The diving poke check in the neutral zone and then he worked his way through two Panthers and, and set up Simmons across the slot. That was kind of yeah, wondering where that's been the entire season <laughs> <laughs> offensively. But uh Vorchecker putting up points was the other positive I had. Uh Drew had two points tonight, so now he's got Ten points in the first seven games. Jake has eight. how many are goals? How many what? How many are goals? Three. Guess what? He's only got three points. <laughs> and a couple were, and a couple even were uh, even strength goals at home. So those especially count. Speaking of you, Rando, 
<laughs> Randy J. Miller. I think that was the one. a great picture of Claude Giroux as walking. Back. I think that was one of the first things we ever talked about in this podcast when you started having me on was Randy Miller. Pretty much, Randy Miller fucking hated Matt Reed, who, by the way, got caught up by the the Wild yesterday. But Matt Reed, meet Reed. He, I, he hated Matt Reed with such a burning fire in his heart, and it was just one of those things where, like, why? Do you hate Matt Reed so much? Like, what what has he done to you? He's a bottom six guy that chips in a bunch of goals. Seems to play pretty smart, you know. Seems to be a pretty good contributor. Brandon J. Miller thought he was the the reason why the Flyers were in turmoil during the 2014-15 season. So, I dude, that's one guy who, for some reason, Randy J. and then a a certain segment of the fan base just hated Matt Reed. Really hated Matt Reed. Yeah. I never got it. Like the guy who on his worst day, he was invisible. Yeah. And that's Michael Raffle now. Yeah. I mean, and people just hate Michael Raffle and I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the problem is they usually, I think people get mad at the bottom of the roster players. Like they, they lump in Raffle with Latero and Weiss and there is a clear like Latero and Weiss are you, although they haven't been as much dead weight as usual this season they're definitely well below what you would want for a fourth line player in the nhl i'll give them some props i i will yeah. uh Letera has looked a lot better than i think any of us expected <laughs> i was uh, made the mistake of going on twitter the other day and not only that i had a john borg tweet retweeted into my my feed and i was like i'm gonna was it about global warming no <laughs> it was <laughs> Because John Bork, it's it's worth noting yet again, John Bork, not a believer in global warming. <laughs> it was a it was a bunch of NHL stats from Drudge Report. Now I, what happened was uh, he, <laughs> he said something. The NHL about, section of Drudge Report. <laughs> it was uh oh shit I forgot what I was gonna say oh he was talking about Corbin Knight coming back in and then somebody responded about the fourth line being Knight, Weiss and Latera. So what's the point of you having a fourth line and somebody with a lot of confidence responded to that guy saying deal Weiss has actually been pretty solid. So I guess you don't watch the games. And I was like, buddy, <laughs> I was like, buddy, that's a lot of gusto and a lot of, a lot of vigor to kind of drive from the point believe... that Dale Weiss has really been pounded at this season. I can't believe somebody well actually about yeah, Dale I can't. Weiss. somebody, somebody had the energy to take out their phone and and respond to that tweet and then press send on that tweet about Dale fucking Weiss. Who cares? Well, Dale actually, Weiss wouldn't care that much about that comment. And this rando is firing off in Boric, like mentions. <laughs> but I I did enjoy that. But yeah, you know, Leterre and Weiss aren't the usual uh, bags of cinder blocks on the ice that they usually are this season, which doesn't, I mean, doesn't fucking matter when the team's can no, they're, 20 goals they're a just game. bricks. Yeah. <laughs> Just bricks. Yeah, that's all it is. We should... Okay. Did you end up watching... I, I just want to talk about this Hackstall one-on-one with Jim Jackson, because a lot of it made me laugh. I didn't watch it, but I'm enjoying your strong feelings on okay. it, so I'm just gonna... Uh, you know what, Craig? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> okay, so first of all, you like you can look at it. You can watch it on mute right now, but the first thing I saw and I enjoyed very much was I, they're like laughing when the video starts. And Dave Haxtell 
very cash has the top button of his button up shirt unbuttoned. Like just letting you know that, hey, you know, it, it's just a it's a it's a nice chill combo we're having here. You know, boys will be boys. I'm a cool guy. Just you know, dudes being guys, guys being dudes. We're just hanging out. We're just talking. And, and on that note, I I just have a a question for you related to that because right. I've I've had oh, something pop up in my everyday life related to the number of buttons undone on this your is show. a sign what is yeah. what is the maximum number of buttons you're allowed undone in a business casual environment in your opinion okay are we talking about like a polo shirt where you only have three buttons or are we talking about four buttons? oh no we're we're talking we're talking a full dress shirt uh, like more than two has got to be obnoxious right yes okay well i feel like you got an obnoxious number for me though there is. I feel like you're working with like a five or six bagger here. I'm I'm working with a five. Or six you bagger. have got to be kidding me! Who is doing that? <laughs> it's I I don't know his name, but he's walking around and I'm just sitting there going, "The balls on this guy!" Get a fucking load of this guy! <laughs> <laughs> like we had a we had a retro day at work the other day, and it was a. <laughs> I was like, oh, he came as a. As disco era, obviously. <laughs> it, but it's every day. It's every day. I'm just like, does he not notice? I had. I'm seeing, full, and he's not wearing an undershirt. <laughs> There's no undershirt. One of my, my. It's like full chest. My first job out of, my first job in high school, I worked at Target, and I had a manager who had. I think he. Was, I hope this guy is listening so bad. I he I highly doubt it because it was in Maryland and that guy worked night shift at Target. So. No, no, I. I hope the guy I'm talking oh, about is oh, listening. Yeah, I hope so, too. If you are, yeah. <laughs> please, we're going to get lunch and discuss this, okay? <laughs> the the guy I worked with, I think he was in his late 40s. He had gray, like, gray hair already. Would always, you know, you wear those stupid red polo shirts. And uh, three buttons were always unbuttoned. And he had, like, this mane of chest hair that he would just let flow out top, like, the top of his shirt. And it was like my first couple of days there, and I'm like, does nobody say anything to this guy? Is he just allowed to like walk around in public with like this much chest hair just out and about, just greeting customers left and right, updating them on what they should do with their electronics? I'm like, this is I can't do this. I can't work. Like we have to work in different departments. This is too much chest hair. I don't know how people on our staff did not say anything else to him. And that was just three. So I can't imagine him wearing a button-up shirt and unbuttoning five of those bad boys. Because it would have been, it would have been anarchy in the Target section of Bel Air, Maryland. <laughs> Just absolute pandemonium. But okay, so I'm telling you, Craig, it's like it's like four or five undone, and it's it's I might it's a thing. We need a picture. I think <laughs> I'm I'm gonna send that to you. I'm gonna send. I have one. Oh, you do? You have one? Okay, that's bad. It it is it is honestly we we have Google Chat and we will just it's all the buzz. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Hackstall, very cash, you know, just hanging out, just hanging out with the boys. Uh, Jim Jackson starts serving up softball questions about, you know, I'm going to say a player. You tell me what you think about this. Uh, I did enjoy, uh, Charlie O'Connor did come up in the conversation and I'll be honest with you. I forget kind of how it, it went. It was pretty much Jim Jackson said, Charlie O'Connor asked you a question that you weren't too sure about. And then Hackstall said the whole thing. He said a whole thing about how doesn't get mad at 
the media asking him questions, but sometimes there are questions that he honestly doesn't know the answer to, and he's always intrigued to learn more about a situation. And apparently, uh, Charlie asked him something that made him do a little bit of research and then go back and watch game film. So, Charlie, please keep asking questions, mainly about the transition defense of the season, <laughs> and maybe maybe we'll get some answers. Maybe we'll start you know, breaking up some rushes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, and Charlie, if, if you could just flat out ask Hack why Andrew McDonald chooses to employ the starfish defense. I, <laughs> I would just be so grateful. And that, I mean, that was pretty much the, the gist of the, I mean, he's, it's pretty much just the hacks all being like, Hey, look, I'm a chill guy. Like I'm, I'm pretty cool. You should like me. Not because of how I've brought this team down for the last couple of years, but you know, I, I'll be pretty cool to grab a, a single beer with. Like that's the vibe that he's giving off. And I want to say after watching that video, I picture Dave Hackstall as a guy that saves up money so he can vacation uh, doing a circuit of the hard rock cafes of like the Midwest. Like, I feel like that's a piece <laughs> of like what? Of like Dave Hackstall's excitement is like going to like hard rock cafe Chattanooga. Like, that's Dave Hackstall's like the peak of entertainment and excitement in his life. And like he just well, comes back know, and he the, talks the to people. The wings at this Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> just blow away. Yeah, the wings at Hard Rock <laughs> Cafe. It's just like like Chattanooga, man. It it has nothing, nothing. He's just the Chicago branch. He's like, yeah, Hard Rock uh, Cafe Tulsa. They had the uh, the guitar that Eddie Money used for recording uh, "Shaking." So yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, pretty good time. Pretty good time. Pretty pretty fun out there. But you, you know what's real neat? You know what's real neat? I saw David Lee Roth's bandana <laughs> from the 1983 world tour. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of sweat in that bandana. <laughs> yeah. You guys, uh, you guys remember the band rat? Yeah. Hard rock cafe. Helena. They have a, they have a picture of rat there. It, it's, it's pretty wild. I, I should have showed it. I should have taken a picture of it for you guys, but I, Cannot believe I did not get a picture of this. And I, I'm going to take that with me to the grave. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's still, There's I a, said a that. lock of ZZ Top's beer <laughs> in the hard rock in upstate New York. Forget exactly which town. I apologize. I forgot to get Albany. A <laughs> Albany. Of course it was Albany. Syracuse. Hard rock. I say Syracuse. I did. Uh, I do want to say a little fun fact about ZZ Top. Uh, you know what is funny about the members of ZZ Top? Three members. Two of them have very long beards, and then the one guy that doesn't have a beard. You know what his last name is? What is it's it? Beard. There you go. That is a ZZ Top fact that I'm pretty sure is correct, but I haven't actually looked up. We're gonna look it up now. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that is. It. No, I, I'm actually pretty sure. I've Let's that waste time cool fact <laughs> craig with his cool facts about zz top i was i was trying to do uh every girl crazy about <laughs> craig's dumb facts <laughs> well yeah, I guess I how do you feel about that fact <laughs> every girl's crazy that's about the new craig's segment that's the new facts. segment right there <laughs> Every girl's crazy about Craig's <laughs> dumb facts. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Oh, God. Uh, look, uh, 
Uh, okay, so given with the first goal, we need to talk about this because I feel like uh, I wrote, you know, I'm trying to find stats, little trivial things that I guess nobody else has really uh, discovered about the team. And I found out that the Flyers giving up the first goal in the first six games this season, the, no other Flyers team in franchise history has done that. That's all history. That's all I was trying to say. No other team has even given up the first goal in the first five games of the season. And, you know, I wrote a small article about it, put it on our website because, you know, I was sharing the tent. Broadstreethockey.com. Broadstreethockey.com. It's on the interwebs. Open up your Internet Explorer and uh, type it in there. Wow. Oh, wow. And then I, I, I emphasize that scoring the first goal, it sounds like something that's very important, but in the long run, in terms of uh, overall success over a long period of time, it really doesn't matter. Like, I... It, ideally, you want to be scoring the first goal, but also, you know, you, if you're scoring the first goal, you need to be able to secure the lead of the first goal, which the Flyers uh, displayed tonight. Doesn't matter if you're a team that hemorrhages chances against. So that's, uh, and I, I felt like a lot of people just, uh, I, I know I wasn't the only one bringing it up. I saw Sam Carcetti try and tweet about it and he somehow messed up my handle. <laughs> you know, per. <laughs> per Bill Meltzer and sports are bad. Yeah. I, I'm still trying to, I don't understand. Wait, how did he mess up your handle in it? I, that's the thing is I was looking at it. I feel like he got it right. I think it was just it, the sports and the first underscore were on the top row of words. And then the other half of the handle was underneath. So it just like cut it off. <laughs> but, but yeah, all I was trying to say was, that, you know, this team, Looking at every other year in franchise history, uh, no other team has started the, the season off by allowing the, the first goal in this many games. Not that it would mean anything, but for a team like the Flyers, where I, I don't know, like it's not good. Yeah, like they they really don't want them to be, you know, getting down by a goal or two early and then having enough confidence to come back. I don't think they really have that much. Think about the Florida game earlier this week. Yeah, first period, complete disaster. They yeah. look like just they look like they were gonna get blown out eight nothing in that game. Yeah. Second period, they look like the best team in the NHL. Score five goals. I mean that's the third third period, they suck again. Yeah. Less than the first period, but still. <laughs> that but that first period, complete dog shit. Second period, world beaters. What the hell? Yeah, I I I I don't know. Like it's just the the ebb and flow of the game is just insane with this team. And I mean, honestly, talking about a Panthers game where they had one good period, they only played 20 good minutes. But in that 20 good minutes, they they were so dominant that they were able to score enough goals to at least get it to overtime. Now, again, if only they played some damn defense in the third period, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what's going to come, come down to. And, And even the Vegas game, your Philadelphia Flyers, the Vegas game, they scored, four goals in the second period like they scored four goals in a really short span so i mean you're looking at two of the three wins so far this year they it's not like they've really put on a great effort for a full game which hey surprise we're talking about the flyers and six minute efforts but they're a couple of uh they're a couple of ridiculous days away from being one and six it's uh not looking great not looking good uh we haven't talked not ideal. yeah we haven't talked about uh well, we talked about Wheel filling in for uh, filling in for Patrick. Patrick got hurt in the 
Sharks game? I believe the Sharks game. Uh, no, Sound Center's game, I think. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that would mean he is coming uh, back. He he could be back Saturday. Uh, they said seven to ten days. I I haven't. I don't know if he's on track to to play in that game, but well, I mean, I heard he could be back this weekend. Wheel is he's been fine in that spot. Uh, I mean, ideally you want if Wheel can be on your third or fourth line and do what he's been doing on the second line, then uh, I mean, ideally you want that. Patrick didn't look. I mean, Patrick looked kind of iffy even before his injury. So that's another guy that's kind of had a slow... I mean, some of the bigger names for the Flyers that we were expecting to kind of take step forwards have taken uh, inexplicable steps back. Like, not just stepping up their game, but just kind of not playing as well as they even did last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Patrick... It, we, we talked about Provorov pretty lengthily at this point. But uh, Patrick is a huge one. Patrick, we expected he had a healthy offseason. Yeah. Going to come in with a full head of yeah. steam. He looked pretty bad in the preseason and then did basically nothing for his first week. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I, I that's the thing with Patrick was it, it was he, he finally had a full offseason to recover. He knew what the NHL game was like. Didn't have to deal with that nagging injury. And now he's playing like, it's it feels like a similar start to the season, start of the season he had last year, when there's a lot more, a lot more excuses for why he was playing so poor in terms of possession and everything. I hopefully, I mean, maybe he'll come back from the injury like he did last year and just kind of turn it on and start cleaning it up. But right now, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look too great. Uh, how did you feel about how do you feel about Corbin Knight coming in for Verobiev? Ah. Uh... Meh. Yeah, I, that's a that's a pretty fair way to put it. Vorobiev. Vorobiev looked really good for the first few games. Yeah, and then kind of the past couple games, yeah. it was just kind of like, oh, that's a player on the Flyers. Yeah, not not too great. Um, the last time Corbin we, Knight doesn't really. He's just kind yeah, of also move, just you know, there. Yeah. Uh, Kel Vorobiev uh, against Vegas. The line of Lawton, Vorobiev, and Simmons was a fifty quarter four percentage. And then when he got moved to the fourth line for a couple minutes, uh, Weasel, Terra, and Verbiev had a zero quarter of four percentage. Zero shot attempts for four shot attempts against in 322. And uh, he had the one goal this year, but it was pretty lucky. And, I mean, yeah, the last couple of games have been too great for, for Verbiev. And I think, I think it's just annoying for fans because it's another – it feels like another move where it's a fourth line, like dud type of guy, like a Weasler, Latera blocking a spot from a younger guy like Lear or Wheel or somebody. But, you know, Corbin Knight, I'm not, <laughs> I've made fun of Corbin Knight plenty, but we haven't seen him yet. We don't know what he can bring. And it's, he could have some offensive upside. And also, I don't even know if he played on the penalty kill tonight. I know he wasn't out there for the first penalty kill, but that was the whole the whole thing with him was he was going to come in and attempt to help the penalty kill. But I, I, I'll have to look that up and see if he actually got time on the penalty kill. And he also had a uh, – he did have a nice chance tonight. He almost set up raffle for a goal in the first period. But besides that, really didn't notice him. I don't think he got a lot of ice time. But uh, and I don't think any of that limited ice time was spent on the penalty kill. 
but I don't think it's as bad as the other situations in the past where Haxtell has kind of blocked the path for kids, but that's because uh, we don't really know Corbin Knight yet. If he turns out to be a raffle type, or he's a fourth-line guy that can actually be serviceable, then maybe it won't be as bad as we think, but if he ends up being another weasel or terror, it'd be uh, pretty bad if Ferrovia's getting sat out for that. Or last year with Sanheim. Yeah, Sanheim and McDonald. It seems like there's a pretty obvious uh, switch there that just never, just never happened. But uh, yeah, Corbin Knight wearing number 10 too. So the best 10 the Flyers have had since uh, John LeClaire. It's pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, hey, listen. You are forgetting about everybody's favorite player everyone just loved this guy um you know what's funny i had this joke all lined up and then i completely the mouthpiece i know where you go i know who you're talking about oh the mouthpiece yes yes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like how you forgot I it did. i totally forgot <laughs> his name. Saying it, i was like oh yeah christopher steak Chris- oh chris christopher steak that's it christopher steak <laughs> by the way no shorthanded time on ice tonight for corbin knight so that's that's something that's something. Yeah. He's there. He he's here for the stuff. Yeah, he's definitely there for the stuff. Uh, Yuri Leterra, by the way, the second most time on the penalty kill tonight. I don't think the Flyers. I mean, there was only two power uh, penalty kills. Yuri Leterra. Actually, that is something. The Flyers only gave up one power play goal against uh, this week. It doesn't mean anything because the Knights had not scored before they played the Flyers and the Panthers got their first of the season against the Flyers. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. They, they put that stat up there. So the Panthers have not scored a power play goal yet. I I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it in the Vegas game when they, they said that and it was a zero zero game. I was like, Oh man, this feels, this feels prime time for Riley Smith to bank one in off pro Ralph or something in a one, nothing gross game. And uh, it turned out to be a Cody can, The legendary Cody Eakin. Yeah, a former Dallas Star legend, Cody Eakin. Just the uh, offensive zone takeaway, gets back up off the ice and just slams one by Brian Elliott. And that's uh, that kind of – I think it's kind of funny the best defensive effort they've had all year is a game they lose. Then It's happening. Yeah. This team's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes, <laughs> just is. running out of ways to talk. I, 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 right. That, that's why I need to come up with new ways to say dumpster fire because <laughs> you, know, you can only say it so many times before yeah. you get tired of it. I, I, I need to come up with a new metaphor for this, not involving trash or fires. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll figure out. We'll, we got some time. We got a week to uh, figure out some of this nonsense. So we'll just put some, some polls out there in the world and, the United Hate of America will tell us where to go next. <laughs> Cole Beasley had a better week than the Flyers this week, and that is... That's, that's saying something. Yeah, that is insane. Uh, do you, Stephen, do you... Also, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about... Uh, because of the, the great week that Jordan Wheel has had, uh, a, a good friend of mine, a.k.a. my brother, has suggested that Jordan Wheel's nickname be Air Jordan. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think that's ever been used before. So I don't either. I mean, I'm a fan. Let's go nuts. Yeah, I like it. Uh, 
He's going to be the first person to have the nickname Air Jordan. That's be <laughs> I, when he's good, he's Air Jordan. So right now he's Air Jordan. Uh, as soon as he's, when he's bad, he's uh, the Invisible. I was going to say Jordan on the Wizards, but yeah, we can go with the Invisible Man. <laughs> oh, oh, jo- no! If he's really bad, it's Jordan bit playing baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. White Sox Jordan. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. <laughs> White Sox Jordan, and he didn't even make the main White Sox. It was uh, yeah, minor league. The Birmingham. Socks, right? Yeah, yeah. And you look like shit. So you can watch the beginning of uh, Space Jam for that. Yeah. I almost said, I almost said Space <laughs> I, I was gonna was merchandising. So R. Kelly, I believe I can fly was in Space Jam, right? Wait, who? Oh yeah, yeah. I believe I can was that. I'm trying to figure out a way to professionally. Pivot? No. Was that before or after R. Our, our Kelly's big incident? It was before the, uh, like, the, you're talking about the urine. Yes. Yeah. To my knowledge, it was before the urine. but I'm That not was sure. like a redemption tour where they were like, hey, let's get this guy back off the mat and uh, put a song in a kid's movie. I, I, I don't, I have no idea when the uh, that incident happened. So that's I happened. think it happened well after Space Jam. Yeah. I mean, it happened around the time Chappelle show was a thing. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, it happened then. I just wasn't sure if, uh, you know, uh, Who knows? Yeah, we'll never know. We'll die. Not I'm know. not an R. Kelly historian. No, I'm not either. I'll have you know. I'm a borderline Space Jam historian, but I, I do not know enough about. I hope that's on your resume or at least your LinkedIn. <laughs> just in a job interview. You guys remember that dope ass dunk where Jordan had where his arm stretched like the whole court? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Why are you bringing that up? Well, I am a borderline Space Jam historian. Thank you. Uh, Steve, I I don't even know what to say about this team anymore. You want to play a game? I put a game together when I was in a good mood earlier today. Because I was like, do you want to play a game? Yeah, I'd love to play a game. We haven't played a game in a while. By the way, the Flyers have now won only one of their last 13 games in Columbus. I believe that's the stat. Well, I'm hoping to match that here and only get one out of 13 questions. Well, it's going to be hard because I don't think there are 13. I have six, six questions, but we'll we'll see if I can put forth a uh, Flyers effort and get three of them, (laughs) get three of them. Yeah, (laughs) three. Okay. Uh, so speaking of the first goals and games, uh, this year's Flyers start off the season by giving up the first goal for the, the most amount of games in a row with six. Two other teams gave it the first goal in their first four games. One of them was the 2008-2009 team. Can That team had six 25-goal scorers on that team. Can you name them? We're talking, this is the 08-09 Flyers? 08-09 Flyers, six 25-goal scorers. Can you name all six? Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. Mike Richards. Mike Richards. Simone Gagne? Simone Gagne. So Carter had 46, Richards had 30, Gagne had 34. They got three more. One more 30 goal scorer, by the way. How the fuck did this team not go anywhere? <laughs> right? I don't get it. I do not. I do not get it. Hmm. <laughs> Was Lupul one Lupul at 25. You should get another one, and another one might be a little tricky. Okay. Both are forwards, obviously. There's a big one I'm missing, right? There is. Okay. I'm just trying to think about 
guys on the Flyers from literally a decade. So ago. I'm going to say this really slowly, so hopefully it will sink in with you. 2008-2009, Flyers, 25 goals or more. <laughs> you just you repeated Carter, Gagne, Richards, you're missing a you're missing a big one. I wouldn't want you. I, I can't even give you a hint. Is Hartsy one yeah, of them? The on one thirty. That was the other one. Okay. Okay. Wait. And this one is a little tricky. I, I don't think this one is the right answer. Was it Upshaw? Oh God, no, no, I don't know. Was it? Give me, give me one more guess. Uh, was it Umberger? No. Wait, did, was that when Umberger left for that ridiculous contract? Uh, he he was, was he was gone. Where he had that ridiculous yeah, round against yeah, he, Montreal. He left. Um, was it like the season before or two seasons before? Something like that, right? Yeah, he he left after he had that uh, ridiculous series against the Canadians in two thousand eight, and then they traded him to the Blue Jackets. Okay, uh, was the other player a forward? Yep. What? <laughs> this is. I'm Andrew McDonald. Uh, dang, dang. I'm making sure. I want to make sure because I know he left around this time. I just want to make sure I, I got the year right and everything. Yeah, I got it. All right, I'm gonna ask you for one more clue. Was he? What stage? In his at what stage in his very career late. was this guy? Late in his career. Okay. Okay. Uh oh. Mike Knubel. Mike Knubel. Mike Knubel. Mike Knubel at 27. Yes. So there you go. You got that one. Now, the other Flyers team to give it the first goal in four games, the first four games of the season, was the 2001 2002 team. That Flyers team had 20 goal scorers. Can you name them? Or any of them. How many? How many twenty goal scores? Four. Okay, you just said twenty goal scores. That's why I was like, what? they had twenty goal scores. I want you to tell me how many and who scored them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so four twenty goal scores on that yes. team. This is oh one oh two. Oh one oh two. John Leclaire. John Leclaire had twenty five. Was Mark Recchi on that team? Mark Recchi had twenty two. Gagne? Gagne had 33. Gagne had 33. Excellent. Let's see. Jeremy Roenick? Jeremy Roenick at 21. How do you get that one easier than the two? That you're, you're fascinating. Dude, that's my you. wheelhouse right yeah, there. I guess, that's my that is true. wheelhouse. Yeah, I get, and I guess those, the, the 08 or 09, that around that time would be my wheelhouse too. So never mind. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. He got those off pretty well, uh, pretty quickly. Um, it's two for two for Steven. That is, I'm, holy crap. This is uncharted territory. Like, moving on to question number three. Flyers. Ooh, <laughs> Flyers. Laugh it up. <laughs> I'm going to get you on this one, though. Flyers for shout out. One on regulation on Saturday to the Vegas Golden Knights. Happened twice last season. Can you name the two teams that did it to the Flyers? Bonus question. Can you name the two fl- players who scored for the opposition in those 1-0 games? No, God. Yeah, that's right. Boom. This is this is last two year. for three coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. 
So last season, shut out the Flyers one nothing. Yeah, I will say, I'll give you some hands because this, this is a pretty rough question. I should know this, and I'm just I'm blanking, probably from weeks and weeks of podcasting. <laughs> so this team, they the Flyers lost to this team in a home and home during the ten game losing streak. I believe it was a home and home. Uh, yeah, it was a home. Uh, yeah. I should know this, and it's pissing me off that I don't. Uh, honestly, if you don't remember this game, it is absolutely fine because it's got to be one of the least. I mean, obviously, it's one of the least enthralling games in hockey history. <laughs> if it's one nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Man. Yeah, I think. I think you got me on this one. I'm just going to guess a team. Is it? I'll, I'll give you on another hint. I think that really won't help you that much, but it should help limit teams. Yeah, I was going to say East or West. Uh, well, yeah, Western Conference. They're both Western Conference. Both both Western Conference? Okay. Um, ba, ba, ba. Is it the... Uh... God. <laughs> oh god this is, uh, this, is the, this is this is just this great, is the, the best right podcast here. it's the best podcast that's, that's this going is to easy money for me i'm just watching tv i'm waiting for you to say these two teams kiss my ass crack kiss my ass <laughs> is it real good uh, is it money? Ask questions. All right. You're not winning anything off this except for a smug sense of self-satisfaction. <laughs> With these impossible hockey questions. Do you want me to tell you? This one is really so hard. So wait, wait. Was one uh, the Canucks? Nope. Okay, that would have been sad anyway. Yeah, that would have been real sad. Yeah. That would have been real sad. Real sad. Vegas? Nope. That's right. They beat Vegas, right? Beat Vegas, Vegas and Vegas lost to Vegas and Philly. That's right. That's right. They did. All right, I'm gonna take one more. They did and lose then... to these teams twice. That both of the games they played against these Western Conference teams, they lost both of them. They lost both of them. I mean, I was probably asleep for these anyway. So. <laughs> one of them. Uh, L.A. No, not L.A. Uh, All right, I give up. So two out of three. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. <laughs> uh, Nashville, early in the season. Uh, Oh, Col- oh Colton yeah. And then Minnesota. I'm booing myself. Minnesota, Jason Zucker. Oh, yeah. Minnesota Jason Manzucris, yeah. Uh, and the thing Man-Zucris. with the, the Minnesota Wild was, the, I think it was a Saturday night game. Zucker scored like three minutes into the third. Went to Minnesota on that Monday, and like fucking Matt Cullen scored in the first minute. And then that entire game was just one nothing. And then the, I think the Wild added an empty netter in the last minute. So it was a real... Two real snooze fests, back snooze fest, uh, back to back, and the, to start off that uh, that ten game losing streak, it was uh, it was pretty neat, it was a good time. Two for three, very hard. That was pretty hard. Uh, number four question: uh, Flyers and Panthers was a six five shootout victory. It was the second Flyers six five shootout victory in franchise history, according to Hockey Reference. So if that's wrong, you can blame them. Uh, the other one was a 6-5 win, shootout win over the Hurricanes back in 2008. Uh, it was, I think, uh, November of 2008. 
Flyers are down 5-1 going into the third. Came all the way back, tied in regulation, wanted to shoot out. Three former Flyers and one future Flyer played for Carolina in that game. Can you name any of them? Slash, can you name all of them? Justin Williams, Rod Brindamore. Oh, yes, two of them. Right off the bat. Okay, three former Flyers and one future Flyer? Yeah, so it's the 2008-2009 season. So you got two of two of the the former ones, Brennamore and and Williams. Mm-hmm. Future flyer. Oh, this is, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there, and I might sound like a complete idiot, but I like it. It's a good way to preface that statement. <laughs> Sammy Kevin. No. I, I didn't. Think no, he he I retired. I, I think I might be confusing him with somebody else. Uh, yeah, he, I thought he retired well before. No, that. he retired that. Sounded like an idiot. I, he retired the oh. season before that with the Flyers. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Um, you want to think about the one... uh, the blue line and goaltending now for these next two? Okay, blue line and goal. I feel like that's a fair hint to give about the two thousand eight, two thousand nine Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair yeah. hint. Uh, future flyer and former flyer. The former, damn, damn, damn. former one's going to get you because of the timeline and also because, it, well, actually, it was kind of documented where he came from. I think the Flyers got him from this team, if I remember correctly. Oh, 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 wait. This is a guy that I'm definitely going to like smack, shake my damn head. Both, over. both of these guys are going to shake your damn head over. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on both these guys. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Yoni Pickenin was the other former flyer. Oh, uh, yeah. Future flyer is Michael Layden. Uh, you know what? I wasn't going to get those regardless. Yeah, so there, there's that's, I, that's fine. I'm still, I mean, getting Rob Rennemore and Justin Williams throughout the bat was pretty good, I thought. Two more. Should have kept. Should have kept. <laughs> should have kept. He should still be in the lineup. Two more of the same question. Uh, not that that question, but uh, the last two are similar. Record for most goals against the Blue Jackets uh, as a Flyer is eight goals. And it's shared by two different Flyers. Which goals, which two Flyers have scored eight goals against the Blue Jackets in their career? That's an interesting question. Uh, is Jeff Carter one of them? Jeff Carter's not. I believe he had, be I think he had six. So I think he was third. It would just be funny because <laughs> yeah. I was reading the athletic had uh, a number of uh, posts where writers were talking about their worst seasons, covering a oh, team or like the worst God. seasons they've covered. Jeff Carter. Portsline was the, the Carter Dude, season. That yeah. must have been fucking insane. Like, cause the Carter was an asshole when he was in Philly. Right, but he didn't even yeah, want to be in Columbus, and he's Columbus, like, so. like, I just want to be in Seattle and, and sleep with ladies. But uh, okay, so eight goals against Columbus, yeah, as a flyer, yeah. All right, it's easier than you would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't say. Uh, Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux one. Easier than you think. Wayne Simmons? Wayne Simmons is the other one. There you go. <laughs> there we go. All right. And then the last one, since the Flyers are playing the Devils on Saturday, 
Who has scored the most goals as a flyer against the Devils with 20? By the way, these are good questions. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, these I'm are, just getting I, them out there. Yeah, me, these are good questions. Yeah. These, things, dude. these are great questions. Oh boy! First guess. I, I'm, be wrong. You allow me three guesses here. You, buddy, you're allowed to guess all night. I got no. I, well, I have to go to work tomorrow, but I really don't care about. I gotta it, go to work tomorrow yeah, too. Guess. We gotta wrap this up soon. <laughs> I'm on the clock. Uh, I'm gonna go with Johnny Vermont as my first. Johnny guess. Vermont, uh, sweet nickname, incorrect. Okay. 20 goals against the New Jersey Devils. Yes. I should stress, I believe this is just, I, I counted for just regular season, too. Okay. I don't know if that really goes into your... I wonder, I wonder if part of this has been amped up in recent years due to playing division rivals more often. I would not go down that path if I were you, knowing the answer. Okay, that's why, that's why I fished a little bit there. Here, fishy, fishy, fishy. Uh, New Jersey Devils, 20 goals. Mark Recchi? No. You're, you're close. You're very close with those first two guesses. Simone Gagne. Simone Gagne. 20 goals. It is Gagne. Yeah, it is Gagne. Yeah. A lot of Gagne tonight, and guess what? A lot of old folks. I love Simone yeah. Gagne, so yeah, I figured I'm very you know people. Uh, I mean, I did not plan on the return flight being the only highlights for the Flyers this season, but uh, you know, thought I'd talk about the good old days of the Flyers. Hopefully, the once or twice I write about the an old Flyers game kind of help people feel good about this team because right now, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of dark out there. It's not great. It's not, it's not cool. It's not. It's not a good time. It's a bad time when I'm actively avoiding Flyers Twitter oh, because it just brings me down. Yeah, and it's yeah, man. Flyers Twitter or something. I mean, it's I, I get a lot of the anger, but it's also just that. I mean, I get we're allowed, my thing is like I just kind of move on with my day. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're allowed to still enjoy aspects of this team. I don't know. It's a right. I I don't understand. Well, I think. One of the issues with sports right now, in general, I think this is like a fandom issue in general, is with social media and increased access to highlights, statistics, all that stuff. Everything is analyzed to death. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything. Uh, every individual hockey game, every individual baseball game is treated like an individual NFL game. Because in an individual NFL game, to break that apart for an entire week makes sense. Uh, there's only 16 games, so each one counts a tremendous amount. Yeah. Hockey, basketball, and baseball. There are a ton of games in the regular season. Right. You cannot beat every game to death. And I, I do a podcast about the Flyers. I clearly give lots of shits about the Flyers <laughs> and their, how they do. I want the Flyers to do well, but man, I, if they lose, I'll talk about it on the cast, maybe read a few articles about it and, you know, listen to some podcasts and move on my day. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, definitely. It's not 
this isn't where I want the team to be right now at this point in time, I guess. And I would like them to be an elite team and to already be, you know, stacked with uh, offensive talent and defensive talent and everything and an actual goalie. But it all kind of takes time and nothing is, you know, done perfectly. I I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a, it, the tough thing with hockey. We've discussed this before yeah. is unlike, basketball or football it's a longer process to kind of get the pieces i mean football can take a little bit but it feels like things pretty move pretty rapidly once you get a quarter seasons with the nfl uh baseball and hockey are probably the closest aligned and the thing about hockey these days is when big free agents hit a lot of them just re-sign with their teams yeah i'm yeah uh true and also, you know, like when Stamkos a few years ago, everybody was like, oh, man, where's Stamkos going to go? It was a big freaking deal. And then he was just like, nah, yeah, I'm staying here. Yeah. No taxes. All right. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, I and it, that's why that Tavares move was kind of shocking because he just I, I everybody thought he was going to be an idiot. Just stay with the Islanders. But I ended up going to the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs, by the way, could talk about them real quick. I, we can talk about uh, we can talk about how uh Nylander still isn't signed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh and apparently it's just not slowing them down. Uh they did get shut out tonight, but uh Matthews became the fifth player in NHL history to start the season with seven multi point games. Uh he's uh he's pretty good. He's, he's decent at hockey. A little, little stick and puck. Uh for the top six NHL point leaders going into the night, uh Matthews sixteen and seven. Morgan Riley, 13 points in seven games, and then Tavares and Marner with 11 and seven. I saw Morgan Riley compared to Nicholas Lidstrom by Brian Burke. And uh, that's, I mean, that's a statement that doesn't need any evaluation. That's just the thing that is gonna, I'm going to put out there. And you can uh, draw your own conclusions from it. I, Throwing that out there in the world. Yeah, I, I have my own. Brian Burke, noted hockey genius. I have my own for comparing Morgan Riley to Nick Lidstrom, but I'll let you guys figure it out. Uh, well, you know, you can, uh, Morgan Riley. I think he's more of a Bobby Orr type. Some would say that some would say that Morgan Riley <laughs> is like is Bobby Orr, essentially Bobby Orr. Well, the top reincarnated in the game, <laughs> the top, the Leafs top power play, unit. a spiritual successor. I, when is the, I have no idea when the first time the Flyers play the main place i'm not looking forward to it because the first power play unit is tavares matthews marner nazim Kadri, and morgan riley that's it's gonna be christmas day it's gonna be so nuts. you get to openly weep in front of your your family yeah i'm looking it up i'm not sure when. well i think and i mean we i don't know if we talked about it this week or we talked about it last week but apparently according to uh like some of the Tweets we've seen. The town and kill. Oh God! What? I threw Christmas Day out there. It's Christmas Eve. The twenty fourth. They play on Christmas Eve. If I'm reading this right. Oh wait, wait, no. My apologies. Shaking. It's uh, my H. That would have been funny. <laughs> it would have been funny. Oh, yeah. uh, it's November twenty. Okay, that makes more sense. So Thanksgiving, stuff your face. Then they lose to the Rangers at home on Black Friday. And then oh my God. they have to travel to Toronto 
to get smoked by the Maple Leafs. Oh my Leafs. god, that's a back to back. That's the second half. Yeah, that's a fucking. That's a that's that, a schedule that, that loss week. a month away. Like I, they're, that they're not winning is... that game. <laughs> that it's a great it's a great stretch. They play Tampa Bay Saturday at one p.m. at home. That's I'm not god. anticipating good things. Few days off, they get to play Buffalo the night before Thanksgiving. Oh, cool, nice. So. That, that's potentially you know. ruining the yeah okay <laughs> and then rangers after thanksgiving and toronto the day after that in toronto yeah yeah i mean that's uh yeah that's that's already a schedule loss I, that's that doesn't feel too good but also okay with the penalty kill apparently the the method by the way the penalty kill i do like the idea of them trying to do more to just keep the puck in the other end of the ice during, I, I feel like that they've ramped that up, and a couple other people have talked about that. But like Lawton and Katori and Raffle get deep on four checks when the puck is is cleared down the ice, and I think that goes a long way considering the Flyers have a lot of problems with clearing the puck and actually uh, suppressing shots when it comes to once the opposing power play gets set up. So I think that's a good idea. I don't like the idea that apparently what we saw a lot last year and the year before that, and we saw it this year with the Thomas Hurdle goal is when a guy sets up in front and the Barkoff goal, when a guy sets up in front, the main way to try and prevent that guy from scoring is to try and intercept the pass rather than body that guy up and move him out of the, the crease or out from the lower part of the slot. And the problem with that is you're, you're talking about some of the best passers in the league. You're talking about NHL teams' power plays where they put the guys that can pass the best on, on the boards. Like you have Voracek and Drew along the boards for the Flyers' power play. And you're going to be playing against that for every other team. So to try and intercept that pass from a guy that is wide open in front of your goalie probably isn't going to work well. And I'm pretty sure John Tavares is set up as the guy in front of the net for the Maple Leafs right now. So that game, I want to say... There's there's no way the Flyers come out with no power play goals against in that game. I want to say at least two goals on the power play, if not more. But we have plenty of time to look at that loss a month away. <laughs> so we'll talk about that later on. But good optimistic yeah. viewpoint it's, on the game, Craig. Yeah, that. But the the Mayflies are scary. Uh, the Devils. I don't know what the Devils deal is. They're doing. Pretty well so far. Uh, Kyle Palmieri has seven goals in four games. He's also taken 18 shots, so I think he might uh, slow down a little bit. Kyle Palmieri, though, he is consistently a 20 to 25 goal scorer, and he is a guy that Ray Shiro got for peanuts. Like he go up a second and third for a guy that is the second best goal scorer on his team. So another kind of quietly good move by Ray Shiro. Hurricanes are doing pretty good. Uh, in the preview on the podcast and also in the preview in the article I wrote about them, pretty much the Hurricanes have been a fine possession team for the last couple of years, but are kind of bad at scoring goals and making saves, which in the game of hockey, pretty vital. And this year, though, they are going into tonight's action. They were second in the league with 25 goals behind Toronto's 33, but they were also 29th with the overall save percentage at 876. So they uh they got half the the ship righted it looks but uh not not on the defensive part yet I mean Peter Morazic has been playing Scott Darling hasn't been in yet but I don't know if uh, I mean Scott Darling kind of looked like 
dog poop last year. He was horrible. Yeah, he was. He was horrible last year. There, yeah, so I wouldn't really say that as an excuse for why the goaltending hasn't been great. But I mean, if they score goals, they they are a team that does usually dictate play at five on five. So if they start scoring on the chances they usually they've gotten over the last couple of years, they might be a threat. But again, I'm still not I'm not putting myself out there for the Hurricanes because whenever I do, they usually they usually hurt me. And then McDavid, uh, the first nine goals the Oilers had this season, how many points do you think McDavid got off of them? Nine goals for the Oilers as a team. How many points do you think McDavid had? Nine? David had nine points. McDavid had a point on the team's first nine goals this season. (laughs) He was fucking nuts, man. And they also... Man, I I will tell you, they've done a great job building that team around the best player in the NHL. To one, I think, and they came back and they won five to four in overtime. It's uh, they, yeah, McDavid. I mean, imagine McDavid with one other good player, they, that thing would just skyrocket up the standings. I also did, did you see the report of uh, Peter Shirelli? Apparently, the one for one instead of being Hall for Larson was at one time considered to be Hall for Cody Cece. Which some, oh I saw that somehow and, is I mean I don't know how you man, make this, it work. This but. guy, best GM in the game. Uh, yeah, I mean if you're an Oilers fan, you need this here. You have to do something to get him out of office because it's. I mean, this is just it, it, like we're talking blackmail. <laughs> you got to blackmail him. Yeah, like there, this guy has a path for making horrendous one for one deals, and I, I, I don't know. He just he can't, he can't do it anymore. I I, I don't know. Let's talk about around the league real quick, and then we'll get the hell out of here. That's that's where I'm at with this podcast. That's where that's where I'm at with this team right now. Uh, just wrap it up. Get the no other. Uh, that's the wrong fucking section of the outline. <laughs> okay, here we go. So Dean's, I'm losing my mind. So Dean's to have their jerseys retired next season. Uh, we can talk about this for a second. Austin Watson had a suspension reduced from 27 games to 18 games. Uh, his wife came out and pretty much said that it wasn't an act of domestic violence. It had to do with her uh, going through one of her uh, spouts involving alcoholism. It was an incident that involved her alcoholism, something she struggled with for years. So now there's a whole it's a it's a whole situation behind that going on too. I I, I don't know. It, it's not a good look for the league still, I guess. To no, not not really. Yeah, I mean, and it's the whole thing. Like she could, she tweeted that out, but you don't really know how much pressure she was getting from, you know, him or the his agent to tweet that out. You know, and that's maybe an unfair thing to, to pin on Austin Watson. But you, I, I don't know. They, that there's situations always suck because we never truly know what happens, and it's just uh, it's not ideal to see that suspension get reduced. But anyway. Michael Matheson suspended two games, already served one of them for a uh, hit on Elias Patterson, who's been pretty good for the Canucks this year, even though he's, he's injured now. Uh, he, he should have manned up. Yeah, not, yeah, not get a concussion. He's day-to-day with a concussion. <laughs> he's, Just, you know, why don't you grow a thicker skull, jerk? Yeah, why don't you, yeah, why don't you not be a wuss about it? Uh, I, I do like, by the way, that Elias Patterson, great start to the year. Yeah. Um, but it already had people going, Maybe the Flyers. Oh yeah, drafted him instead. Yeah, I do like. I will say Peter Peterson. I believe, by the way, 
Craig? I think it's Pedersen. Is it? Oh, pe- like Pedersen? Maybe I we think. should learn to pronounce games. That'd, hey, that'd be again, I you know, I'm not paid to say names right. I'm paid to give mediocre analysis. So that's my stance on hockey names. Uh, and we'll go from there. I I think it's, okay. I, you know, I don't know. I think it's Pedersen. I'm not sure. I think Peterson makes sense, but I thought I heard. This is hockey, baby. I thought I heard on Sportsnet somebody say Pedersen, and I was like, oh, I guess that's the way to say it. We'll find out tomorrow. People will yell at us on Twitter tomorrow. Oh, oh we're going to yeah. get yelled at. Well, I was going to say. It's going to be. You idiots. <laughs> speaking of uh, Flyers Twitter, I am, I can understand the anger for, you know, how the team is and everything right now. The, we should have signed that guy is kind of obnoxious. I saw some of that for Anthony Declare tonight. And let me tell you, I feel like that signing would have been something that people would have freaked out about, about 10 games in if he hadn't done anything yet. And it's also just stuff. It's like the Eric Carlson situation, where it's stuff where the Flyers ultimately weren't going to get a player, and I feel like sometimes people just freak out about that. Like, in what world could you actually imagine? If they should have gotten. Should have gotten. Should have gotten. Should have gotten. Could you actually imagine if Hextall went off the board and drafted uh, Pedersen in that spot? Could you imagine that, dude? The could the you ima- would have been. This, what are you yeah, dummies doing? The same you, people. The dumbest franchise. <laughs> Overthinking the second pick. Yeah, like it, it would have been fucking anarchy. And it would have been the same people pitching a moan about it. And then whenever Patrick scored a goal, they'd be like, oh, well, like, well who would have thought the guy's projected to go second overall? And that's what, that's what they sound like to me, by the way. But yeah, that uh, he's had a good start, but I'm not, I don't know. It, I'm not training him for. Maybe, you know, let's think about these 19 year olds and give them a couple of years. Yeah, just a little bit of time. Uh, also for Vancouver, very important news. JB goes on IR with a forearm injury. Uh, JT Confer. Valuable signing for that. Valuable signing. <laughs> JT. Sorry, they got Antoine Roussel. JT Confer has a concussion, sidelined indefinitely. Ottawa has a bunch of injuries. Brady Kachuk is out for a month with a torn ligament in his leg. Sounds like Ooh. it should be more than a month, but, you know, I'm not a doctor. Ryan DeZingle, no Ryan DeZingle, classic case of the LBI. Cody Cece, classic case of the UBI. And then for Menton, Alex Foreman with a concussion. They are all day to day. Crawford did return to action tonight against the Coyotes. Yeah, against the Coyotes, I believe they lost three to one, maybe four to one. Against uh, Coyotes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Hurricanes call up Clark Bishop and assign Martin. Oh man, that's uh, Martin. Nekis, I know that's not how you say Nicious. I, I, I pass. Nauseous. Yeah. Martin. Nauseous. Martin. Nauseous. Hayden Flurry. Uh, to the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, wait, wait. Um, let's go with uh, let's go with with Nikos. <laughs> I think it's Nikos, yeah. But you know, yeah, it's definitely Martin wrong. Nikos, so yeah, it's, good. it's definitely wrong. Martin, we're Nikos. gonna be hearing just, about. Just say it like Jim <laughs> Jackson with enough confidence. It's good. We should just Martin skip, Nikos. Oh. Skip the round the league because just all these names littered in here that I forgot about. Uh, uh, Craig does not pronounce names. It's <laughs> it's no good. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob De La Rose got that one. Uh, claimed by Detroit on waivers. Uh, Twelve points in fifty-five games last year for Montreal. Sounds very valuable. Johnny Gaudreau scored his a hundredth goal last night against the Bruins. Nick Ritchie. I believe that's that's Gaudreau. You're saying it wrong. It's it's Gaudreau. Gaudreau. Oh, <laughs> Nick Ritchie. 
signed a deal late last night. So now the only RFA, as we touched on, is William Nylander, who, by the way, I believe is was practicing in Austria today, practicing with an Austrian team. As one does. So uh, Dubis is uh, playing a little bit of hardball with one of his uh, players. And, I mean, Trader at here. this point in time, I guess you don't need him. But I feel like pick him up. Probably want William. Ne- yeah, that's gonna be another thing that Flyers sort of lose their shit about. Uh, William Nylander probably not gonna be available, or he might be later on, but probably just resigns with the Leafs and then. And where could he possibly play in this this All Star lineup? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would. No one knows. I, I you know, not in this lineup. Who's he gonna bump? Dale Weiss. Uh, then Taylor, uh, Tyler Myers, T- Taylor Myers, Jesus Christ, Tyler Myers, uh, got a misconduct for giving the refs a fake applause, which I thoroughly laughed at. I put a link in there for you to watch, uh, Stephen, if you'd like. Steve watches this. I think it's Elias Patterson. I'm not sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Good enough for me. I don't, yeah. I'm watching it. Steve's watching stuff. We've gone off the rails here. We got to end this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's uh, I, I love the yap, yap, yap. Big fan. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve, I'm checked out. Bye. Oh, so it was uh, fake applause. Always a, a good move. Yeah, I, I like You're, it. Craig, Craig's checked out. It's, uh, it's no good. I, if you have. Yeah, I got nothing. When, when did I. Uh, <laughs> when I last night when you were really hammered are you talking about the bottom of the, the outline here <laughs> yes. yeah, you at the bottom there. of the outline i i'm just gonna read this it's i have the ghouls come out and say shoot for all hallows eve <laughs> what I, I don't know i have no words you were, but you were on another amazing. planet last night man i don't know what to tell you you came on you you set up like we were about to record and then, like, you said three like, words, I, and I was like, you are real drunk. And, I'm, I'm here for this stuff. <laughs> and then you apologized about not being able to record to me about 100 times. And I was like, it's cool. And then, and then I recited, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. And then you dropped this gem, and I was like, all right, you have to put that in the outline. <laughs> the ghouls come out and say, shoot, yeah, so, for all Hallow's Eve. <laughs> yeah. I, it was worth it. it was I worth don't know it. why I'd say that, but I love it. Paid off, yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe I wanted to record a Flyers three theme thriller. Who knows? Yeah, maybe who knows? Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, if you have any feedback for us, and I really hope you don't after this one. Yeah, I, uh, I do not place, want to hear it after this one. The the best place is on Twitter. You can reach me at. Estee bomb or fly purbly. I just realized that I did this backwards, but uh, at me at fly purbly. If you have any stuff about hockey, uh, probably not Estee bomb. Probably not fly purbly. Uh, if you have any stuff for Craig, and he's here for the stuff. I'm it's sports are bad. Absolutely, yeah. You love the stuff. I do like the stuff. Yeah, big fan of stuff. And listen up, you sons of bitches. You better follow Broad Street Hockey and BSH Radio. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Tell your friends. You're on fire right now, my man. (laughs) I'm on fire. I'm doing good. Uh, Anyway, give us reviews anywhere that you can. iTunes, Google Play, 
two star reviews, preferably. <laughs> five, obviously. Less, it's five stars. Less stars, the better, is what I'm told. Bad. <laughs> One star review. <laughs> Love Scott Lawton. But anyway, we appreciate all the feedback and the listens, all the support. You guys are the best. Until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.